bring in Dylan Colley right now, former BYU wide receiver. Dylan, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How are we doing? Good. Now, Dylan, people know you played at Hawaii. You transferred to BYU, but you're a Colley. So I'm thinking that you were following BYU when you weren't really clear on what BYU was. I mean, do you have memories of games when you're like four, five, or six? It's a big deal. There's a football game. It's but you know, but you know, you're a little kid. So uh, the I actually uh, it probably wasn't until uh, my brother Zach and Austin were there together. Um, you know, uh, until really Brandon Delman, the year Brandon and Luke Staley, so 2001. So I was probably eight the first time I really watched a BYU football game um, and really cared about BYU football. I didn't watch a whole lot of college football when I was younger. I watched a lot of basketball and a lot of NFL, but there I didn't really have a team. Um, and then, you know, it was kind of good to have that first team be my brother Zach walked on. Um, you know, uh, after his senior year, he walked on at BYU Lavelle's last season as a coach. And so that's really when it started. But before that, I really wasn't, uh, I wasn't on the BYU train yet. So this week against this game against Boise, we've been talking about it. We'll continue to talk about it all week. The level of importance. You know, you can argue, is it bigger than this game or that game? Uh, bowl games, title, conference title games. Occasional regular season game comes to mind. You know, Miami, what was it, back in 90, I think it was, yep. when when the Cougars beat them and Detmer uh, catapulting yeah. to a Heisman. All of those were huge. But... As far as being an independent, in my mind, this is the biggest game they've played as an independent with the most on the line and certainly the most since Kalani's been there. How do you respond to that? No, I I 100% believe that's that's the case. Uh, I think the first question that goes with that is, is Bachmeyer, do we know if he's cleared yet? So there was a there was a press availability and Yach was monitoring it during our show and there was some serious deflection of all questions pertaining to quarterbacks. Yach was laughing about it. He's going, he is not going anywhere near that. I just wonder, is that really that big a deal? And and maybe Air Force is that bad and it is, but man, Sears. You're 17-20, and you hit a deep ball on the first pass of the game, and your team gets down a couple times. They're down 14-7, 17-14. He never blinked. So they're going to get – I yeah. think they're getting good quarterback play regardless of who's out there. Maybe they get better quarterback play with one guy than the other, but they get good quarterback play either, either way. Right, right. And I think that's where it's just hard to kind of establish, right? Like, okay, because, one, I completely agree that this is going – like. Uh, everything that we just talked about in terms of how big this game is. If BYU doesn't, right, one, I don't think winning is uh, as much of an issue, right? I think I think the win will be taken care of. This either goes this way. It either BYU loses, everyone is, you know, uh, everyone else except BYU fans is like, finally, right? <laughs> we no longer have to hear about it. The second is BYU wins. Now, if BYU wins and Bachmeyer is a quarterback who is the established starting quarterback, right, who everyone knew was going to be the starter, um, and even though, right, this backup series played phenomenal this last weekend, I think just the, hey, 
this is our backup. If BYU doesn't blow this team out with a backup, I think there's going to be a lot of skepticism and a lot of, hey, that New Year's or that that playoff opportunity kind of diminishes there. If Bachmeyer plays, BYU wins by handle, you know, two touchdowns, it's a two possession game, right? Then the playoffs are still, uh, I, I believe that the playoff chances increase. If BYU wins, right? If BYU wins, I think there's a clean trajectory to a New Year's Six Bowl, no problem, no questions asked, right? They handle San Diego State. Um, and I think we all know this Boise State game at Albertson Stadium is something that's been looming over BYU fans and people for a long time. It's very rare that, you know, you can get a win up there. And I think it does say a lot when you do win and, and do it handedly. So you're an ex-player. You come from a family of players. This particular week, if you were on the team and you're playing, how hard would it be to be concentrating on anything else in your life? <laughs> um, I, I think from about July to December, there's it's, it's always difficult to think about anything right outside of football um, in your life, and that's kind of just part of it. And you know, I think real like true players are the guys that are they really don't let anything get in the way. There are no distractions for, you know, that seven months. Um, family understand that. Your spouse should understand that. Um, your friends need to understand that. And, and when you're trying to achieve a, a much bigger goal and just going out and playing a little football game in the backyard, um, you know, uh, you can't, you can't be distracted, especially at this level. So there is, of course, a massive distraction called Election Day. Now, the NCA says, oh, they have to have Tuesday off. But Gary Anderson comes on and says, you have to give it to them off at 10 a.m. So how many teams in the country practice between 6 a.m. and 10 a.m.? Out of 130 teams, how many teams do you think practiced? So so I'm, I would, I mean... I'd probably say if, 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 if all 130 teams are playing right, especially for the Pac-12 game week, I'm willing to put money on the fact that at least 90 of those teams practiced at 6 a.m. At Hawaii, we practiced every day. We were outside. on. You needed to be outside on the field, stretched, ready to go at 6.20 every single morning. So that was absolutely miserable and brutal all at the same time. But today, specifically, I would say at least, 90 of those teams practice this morning before 10 a.m. And I bet that they're kind of saying after practice, the thought is, hey, guys, really glad we get this opportunity to go vote. Um, if you're interested, you know, I know Zach and, you know, I know uh, Katoa and I know Dax are going to be in the film room a little bit later if you guys want to watch film with them. Right. And that's the message of, hey, better be at film. <laughs> in the afternoon, like completely optional. <laughs> like, how long right. does it take you to vote, dude? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fill exactly. out the ballot so, and then get to the film room. Right, one hundred percent. No questions asked on that. So, um, I don't think that they that you're really losing a day. That's interesting the way you phrase that, and now that you say it, I'm thinking you're probably right. So you talk about how when you were in Hawaii, uh, you were ready to go so early. The Pac-12 starting this week in Los Angeles between the Sun Devils and the Trojans, they're going to start at nine o'clock, or yeah, nine o'clock local time, ten o'clock our time, and uh, pregame meal 
is like at 445. So a lot of these teams are going, like the Sun Devils, where I went, so I follow them a little bit. They do practice in the morning. How big of a mm-hmm. deal do you think that is in terms of being a disruption to the body clock, if at all? Oh, I, I think it's I think it's a huge, huge deal. Um, you look at college athletes in general, right, and, and the load that really is on them. Um, you know, scientifically, right, to be able to perform at your peak, you need at least eight hours of sleep. And when you're waking up at 445, uh, realistically, there's no chance that someone is going to bed, right, at, you know, uh, is going to be asleep, especially a college kid. The night before a first game, right, um, there's no chance that a kid's going to get to sleep by 845. And, you know, the same thing happened with practice. It was like we would practice at 620, um, you know, it wasn't until probably 7.30 where you can kind of start to feel the energy. You can start to feel, you know, people liven up a little bit. But um, expecting people to get up, expecting kids to get up that early in college and, and to play, right, that, you go back to the top 10%, that anomaly style of football, uh, it's kind of, it's really unrealistic. So would it at least be an advantage if a team practiced in the morning all the time? I get it still wouldn't be perfect. It still wouldn't be 100%, you know, the right thing to do. But a team yeah. that practices where you got to be, like you say, 620 ready to go versus a team that's practicing at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, 100%. That's, if you've never, if, you, if, you, if, you, if your body is used to you getting up, right, even at 8, 830, right, and you go to class all day, and you have time to clear your mind, and then you get the opportunity to have meetings before, and you can kind of prep that way, and then 3 o'clock comes, and it's time to be physically ready, right? You've had a full mental day, a full mental preparation, right? And your body has had time to warm up. Good luck getting up and playing a football game at 9 a.m. It's going to be miserable. So obviously this is a big game for the Cougars. How do you think Zach Wilson performs in big games? You know, I, I think one of the most defining moments of Zach's career, and also I think one of the most defining moments in Fessy Satake's career, was 2018 at Albertson Stadium um, when Zach gave up the sack on third down. Uh, and, and we ended the game that way after, right, we were in a really, really good position to win. Um, and that was Zach as a freshman. And when he gave up that sack, he came off the field and instantly – you could kind of see his entire face go white, um, and he had realized what had just happened. But as he was leaving the field, Fessy just kind of pulled him aside and said, you know, kind of gave him that, hey, that obviously wasn't the smartest play. We're going to learn. We're going to grow from this. And this is going to be something that either kind of, you know, puts you in the dumps forever or it changes your career. Um, and that conversation is when I feel that Zach really saw himself as okay, these people really do depend on me. I am the future of this program. And, you know, uh, I need to be better in these situations. And so I think for the last two years, he's done nothing but prepare for moments like these. I think Zach is, you know, uh, 100% ready to take this game on um, and, and go into it with the mental, you know, confidence that he's had the last few weeks. And that's, that he is one of the best top court, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the nation right now, and he really can't be stopped at this point. Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver, joining us. So, what are you worried about in this game? What are you stressing? What do you think the problem is for BYU? This could cost the Cougars the game. 
I worry about the consistency and the discipline that Boise State has played with forever. And right, BYU hasn't had forget forget athletic ability, right? Because BYU is apparently the underdog in athletic ability every single game that ever has been played in history. And so I don't worry about athletic ability. I worry about them matching up Saturday with someone who is just as disciplined, who is just as right critical, um, just as physical, plays downhill. Um, you know, you can never count out Brian Harson and and his teams. Um, and you know, I think just as a whole, a, a big you know a big picture. My biggest worry is that it is Boise State and it's at Albertson State. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, do you, do you have any reason as to why the Cougars just have had no success there in terms of winning? Because it's kind of it's sort of crazy. I mean, they figured out ways to lose games in just about every possible fashion. <laughs> right, right. And, and I don't know. And it may be because people like me sit here and say Boise State at Albertson Stadium, right? Like, <laughs> I may be putting that bad juju in the air um, and, you know, it comes down to these types of things. I will say that, you know, I, playing for Hawaii, a lot of people wanted to pay to play you so that they could absolutely beat you every single week, right? And so, and so I got the opportunity to play at Ohio State following the year. Uh, they won the national championship. I had the opportunity to play at Michigan in the big house. Um, the first game that they were a part of this Jordan right? The Jordan brand. And so September in the big house, uh, Derek Jeter, Charles Woodson, Michael Jordan are standing at midfield during the entire warmup. Um, less to say I was extremely tight the entire game because I was more just in awe during warmups, uh, seeing those three. Um, and then there's right. You have, you go from a hundred thousand to the 50,000 at Albertson stadium. And I am telling you right now, there are a few places as electric and you kind of get that feeling of, holy smokes, I'm playing college football. Uh, you know, it's up there. It's up there with Ohio State. It's up there with Michigan. Um, the place is absolutely booming. There's a ton of energy, and, and it's hard to kind of walk in in those types of environments. And so I think, um, you know, that's always been, that's always been a struggle for, for BYU, especially there. Okay, I think that at least 70% of our listeners think, wow, I must have just lost focus and concentration for a minute because when I just put that conversation together, I think, I think Dylan just compared Boise State to Ohio State and Michigan. 100%. And, I, and, and in terms of environment, in terms of stadium, you know, a Saturday night in Boise is like, and, and people can give me as much crap as they want for saying this, right? <laughs> a Saturday in Boise is one of the most, right, like, college football uh, environments, right, where you're like, that is college football at its finest, and, and Boise is one of those places, especially when they're winning, and they're good. Well, yeah, I mean, it's literally the biggest thing in the state. How many how many programs can say that you are literally the biggest thing in the state when you're playing a home football game? Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> Well, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. You want to make a pick? You want to say something? You know, and just put it up there on the wall, or is that just too much? Uh, you know, too much trouble. <laughs> Quite frankly, uh, your listen, social media doesn't need that kind of trouble. Listen, I am a, uh, I am a, 
big knock on wood, right? Uh, there's a reason, you know, I, 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 I don't place any bets on BYU uh, due to the fact that it generally goes the opposite way. Mm-hmm. And so I will go ahead and not put that in the air just because I still have that, that, that uh, superstition about me. All right, there it I is. Do think that, I, do, I do think it's a win. Am I going to say by how much? No. I don't want to put that type of okay. juice out there. All right. Oh, Dylan, that's all that really matters, right? It doesn't matter if they win, exactly. by, win by one or win by 31. All right. Hey, thanks for the time. We appreciate it, as always, and we'll talk to you again next yep. week. Bye-bye.